welcome to On and Off the Pitch. Still on top, but two yellows and a red made things oh so interesting. Oh, this is On and Off the Pitch. I'm Rodney Cyrus. Nice to see you. I hope you're well. Uh, this is no joke. This is no belated April Fool's joke. Manchester United were top of the WSL. Oh, Barclays WSL on Saturday night. And by all accounts, they're still on top. Uh, the weekend round of games saw players getting booked for imitating throwing a ball at an opponent. Managers are sacked in pairs. Um, you know, Rodgers and Graham in the Premier League, gone. And for Chelsea, I actually doubt Harry Potter could have um, averted the direction that Chelsea men's team were travelling in. Uh, in the WSL, there was lots happening. Teams were still conceding more than three goals, just a thing. And uh, I never quite understood why defenders allow the opposition to stand next to their goalkeeper uh, with interference as a corner has been taken. Just saying, you know, when I watched the Manchester United game, just saying. Um, and we say goodbye. Unfortunately, we say goodbye for now to Coventry from the Barclays Women's Championship. Sad. Uh, but we start, we start in uh, the Barclays Women's Championship, right? Okay, so what can I say? It looked like it was the end of the road, right? For the chasing team. It looked like it was the end of the road. And at the beginning of Sunday, Bristol went into this weekend on the crest of a wave, you know, with a nice cushion, big confidence, confidence in their own ability, confidence in their own fortune. And I'm, I'm sure they were all extremely high. I'm sure it was high for the players and for the fans and those that follow the championship. And then it happened. It kicked off and things changed. And even though Bristol were kicking off later than the teams that kicked off in the midday, and I attended one of the earlier games, but not the early game, but you know, they, were, they were a bit behind. So you'd think that they could see what happened and they'd be able to correct things as they go along. Or they'd hear, you know, via social media and they'd be able to correct things as they go along. But not necessarily the case. So with such a cushion at the top, six points, it was almost a, a foregone conclusion, right? I, in my opinion, in my I say in my opinion, uh, that Bristol would pick up another three points. But it didn't turn out like that. Uh, Sheffield United's Courtney, Sweetman, Kirk hadn't read the script and probably would have put the script in the bin if it was actually handed to her. So that was that, was that right? That was that. Um, her goal, alongside her teammates' endeavour, some bodies on the line, um, and, their, and, their, and the way that they applied the counter-attack, Enderby, whew, uh, ended the certainty that Bristol City women had and their fans, right? Now, going down to 10 men didn't deter Bristol in any way, shape or form. You know, they tried to equalise. Uh, they... You set pieces, they're very good at playing the ball in diagonals from goals just going over the bar. Luck was 
not their friend after on this occasion. So I must acknowledge um, that Bristol didn't roll over and just not get into the game on get put up a fight like they they did just in it. and with that said it now leaves the door open and i mean it's not a, it's not a wide open door but the door is open i mean it's three points is is doable this is what it means right now three points six points there is hope has faded away but three points is is doable with the remaining games a lot can happen a lot can happen so from um what seemed to be a very secure and comfortable position that uh, Bristol City fans definitely felt they were in. They're now slightly looking over their shoulder and thinking, mm, what could happen next? They've got a difficult set, and I say difficult, games away from home that they might have to deal with and up their game. And when you lose, obviously, it's about how you react. And it's about what you put into place during the week before the next fixture. But this is international break now, so there's going to be a little bit of lag. There's going to be a little bit of a delay. And if... There are quite a few players that go away in terms of the call-up. That lag and that kind of like downtime where they're feeling flat will linger on a little bit longer than it should or that they would preferably want, right? So that's the reality. So in terms of the that game itself, it made it, it's now made it all the more entertaining. It's made it more interesting. It's not a procession. There is some, there's some, um, you know, excitement to come. People will kind of look at the game and think it's eager as to what might happen or what the way things could go. You know, a flip of a coin, the roll of a dice, it's that kind of feeling that people are that, that kind of getting into right now. And this is where the business end, as they say, is happening. And I'm 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 glad and I'm happy that it's it's, it's moving in this direction because it makes it so interesting if you're a fan of the Barclays Women's Championship. It really does. I must it, I must acknowledge, right, in terms of the game itself, the dribbling prowess of Enderby for Sheffield United. I mean, so fluid, so graceful, so deceptive in her style when approaching defenders. I mean, it must be an absolute nightmare. And I know that, you know, sometimes people talk about, oh, this player's got so much pace. It's his pace. But there's a way that she moves with the ball. It's so unnerving for a defender that sees this player approaching them because she can go either side of them. Very good in terms of and pick the right passes when required to in this game. And I think there's a let's say a future star. She is a star. She's a very talented player. But in terms of the way that she approached the game and approaches defenders in terms of the fi final third of the, the pitch in terms of a, an attacking sense, absolutely amazing. Absolutely amazing. It's always nice to see when you see players like that because it's not just a it's not just about a burst of pace and oh I've got to get across get get past you really quickly. There is method in the way that she moves with the ball. And it is almost like I'm waiting for the defender to move and I'm going to go past you or I'm going to faint and you're going to go that way and I'm going to go the other way. There is something. So I must acknowledge the dribbling prowess of this player. Absolutely phenomenal. Absolutely phenomenal. Uh, and, um, you know, in terms of the fixture, just when you, and I don't mean you, I mean me, but not you, when I thought that the previous uh, result last week, not this week, but the previous week, was the end of the road. The door had been bricked up, sealed. 
and then this was on and the door is now definitely open it's ajar and there's a light coming through definitely light coming through and that is where we are with um bristol because it's just one of those things uh now in terms of the the, the chasing teams i went to as i do because i you know it's, it's, it's great to go and watch. And it's always bloody cold there. I went to watch London City Lionesses play Charlton. And despite me uh, wearing numerous layers, I was still bloody cold. Anyway, enough of that. Enough of that. Um, in terms of this game, both teams, they are part of the chasing pack. Charlton's slightly further back in the league, you know, in terms of their position. But they are part of the teams that are chasing pack in terms of Bristol. So, you know, if there were more games, things could be more interesting, but it's it's not it is. Um, and in terms of the chasing pack, it's, spe it's specifically and especially London City Lionesses. This is where hope comes in, right? Now, last week, hope died. Hope does exist, but hope died. And sometimes hope does exist in places where there is no hope like prison, which, you know, people are always trying to get out, but they can't always get out unless, you know, because they're hoping to get out and they can't escape. Anyway, that's nothing to do with this game, but was, that's an example of hope dying. Anyway, you know, you know what I mean. Um, I'm back at Prince's Park for this game, right? And it's a good old-fashioned A2 derby, because I don't know if you can call it a London derby, but yeah, maybe technically, uh, but it's an A2 derby, yeah. So first thing I noted, right, for, for London City Lionesses, Considering the game that they'd lost uh, away, um, omissions from the starting 11, uh, non-selection of Moya, who usually plays wide right, non-selection of Napier, who usually plays wide left. So the, the, the starting 11 is now changed in terms of those attacking players. So they've been removed. Um, other players are filled in. Primus is more in, I think she's not in midfield, but she's in a certain position. I'm trying to recall, Ewans is out wide much further wide and kind of work out where Primus, I don't know if she was playing slightly wider, but she wasn't necessarily, I'm trying to work out from the top of my head, it's escaped me now, so forgive me. Um, so their attacking players were on the bench, right? So this is in, in, in light of what happened before. So there is a clear decision that they don't want to concede. They definitely don't want to concede within the first 45 minutes. And, you know, after the game, I put it to the um, acting head coach in terms of the, the formation, and that was one of the reasons why they didn't want to concede. And I suppose to lose by three goals in a previous game, first 45 minutes, the game is kind of technically over unless you're going to come out all guns blazing and just attack, attack, attack. Um, but it doesn't always go like that. So anyway, that's for them. So for Charlton, they've had players missing. Obviously, there's some injuries. They've got Johnson up front. They've got Frida Ayisi up there as well in the lineup and Addison, right, in their attacking line. And um, I like Addison. I do, I think, attacking player. And always impressive in those. But And, and in, in defence for them, they've, um, they had Endow and Skills, or Skills, um, as a centre-back. And two solid defenders, yeah, very confident and comfortable defenders and, and, and usually do a very good job. Um, so this was a really... Important game for London City Lionesses to win and Charlton likewise. And obviously, when it's your local rivals, you don't want to lose. It's just one of those things. Um, in, in terms of how I saw the game, in both teams, in my opinion, they played as best as they could on the day. Um, 
Charlton appeared to be more defensive in their setup, especially in the first 45 minutes. Johnson seemed to be more isolated in the first half for considerable periods of the first half. They did not get close enough to her in terms of the supporting players, right? So whether it was due to London City Alliance's uh, uh, um, approach and how they were quite attack-minded, and Charlton were very defensive in their lineup as well, um, but they didn't support Johnson enough in terms of, of the, the chances that they created. Um, and to be honest, Johnson, Melissa Johnson was up against Nolan, Girasoli and Bennett, right? Very comfortable defenders who know their stuff, international, you know, seasoned. Um, so for London City Alliance is up the other end. Caruso, who I've really, I'm really impressed with her since I've seen her. She's such an energetic approach to the game really good hold up play very good at turn like positioning the body in so that the defender can't get to the ball and then quite quick on the turn not electric but quite quick able to get a shot off um did superb in stretching the back line uh, of charlton making them pull out a position uh when the chance arose so it was one of those what well, a game so you've got kind of condensed section of game where the two teams are competing but not necessarily doing as much as you would want. And I'd say for the first 45 minutes, not much happened, right? I would say that. As much as the, the highlights do their thing, I would say not much happened. Um, and as a derby, right, a referee, the referee has a particular approach. So there were blatant challenges, in my opinion, got to say, in my opinion, uh, in the form of pushing, but shoulder barging. There was one challenge that looked a little bit kind of, ooh, um, some from behind. Totally ignored by the ref, right? So it was one of those games. Totally ignored by the ref for the bulk of the game. This is a derby. Stakes are high. Both teams want to win. Both teams are putting challenges in and, and making sure they close down the opposition. In terms of the first half, I'd say um, they tried their best. You know, it was dire, from, in my opinion. And it, it was a desperate need for someone in, in for either team to take real control of the game. And, and put enough of a threat on each other's goal. And it wasn't that. No real goal threats, even though they were saves. No real that you would look down and think, yeah, they're definitely going to score. Just didn't get that feel. Um, and at one point for Charlton, it appeared, because Johnson was so isolated, and it was really strange when they had flank players, like like um, Ayisi would be wide and she'd, she'd come inside. She wouldn't necessarily stretch the defender down the flank, she'd come inside. Something that happens for London City Lionesses. So to see that there's a level of consistency for both teams, it's, you know, it's there. Um, no natural outlet in terms of width. And when they did get the ball, they come inside. So it was always narrow in terms of the, the final section of the attack. It was always narrow, um, despite their best efforts to spread the play. So, you know, there were not enough, there wasn't enough flank play. There wasn't enough time in terms of where their ball would go into the box that I thought they would cause a problem I'd say for either team in the sense of what they can do because they're both really good attacking teams so there was that and in terms of um, things for London City Lionesses I would say that I was you know because I was sat towards one particular end of the corner and um, there was a moment when Caruso received the ball and real quick turn and um, shot um, and another time when she tried to, tried to find a teammate, but only could find a cluster of Charlton players waiting, just waiting for the ball to come across. So both teams are well well drilled in terms of what they needed to do defensively. Um, I will give a shout out, actually, 
In fact, before the shout out, I, I would say I was sat in the, the, the one of the corner flags and watching Hopcroft deliver the corners so close. Um, I mean, as a close up in terms of like the way that she delivers the ball, I've got to say, whoo, boy. I mean, the ability to put the ball into the danger zone repeatedly is a really, really good skill. And I am surprised and actually shocked that they don't, they don't score more goals from those corners. Uh, and I'm going to step away from my little, uh, can you hear me, Nolan? It's an inside joke. So relax. Um, yeah, don't worry about it. Uh, if you un if you want to understand, I'm going to put out a post-match uh, interview I did with um, Hayley Nolan afterwards. We had a little bit of a laugh and a joke towards the end, and that's what it is. You'll see, you'll understand when you listen to it. Um, so when London City Alliances did try and stretch um, the defence and pull the ball out wide, uh, and Dow was very good at shutting it down, you know, very able, timed the run, timed the tackle very, very well. And I know... You know, I just, again, I'm thinking about Charlton and just not enough support for Melissa Johnson in, in this game. Not enough support. And no, she's got blistering pace. She's got absolutely blistering pace when she gets the ball under control and she can isolate a defender and push the ball past them. And uh, I will say that London City Lionesses knew exactly how to stop Melissa Johnson. And at one point, there was a blatant body check. I mean, it was so bad, right? Um and, they, and, and it was done deliberately to make sure that she, she, Melissa Johnson just didn't get into a stride. Didn't get into a stride. And I think from where I was sat, it was Girasoli. I think, you know, I think so. Um, but anyway, the, the, the block was there to ensure that there was no no um, sudden attack by, by Charlton and, it, you know, broke up the, the, the pattern of play. Um, there, was one, <laughs> there was one moment in the game like Charlton had a free kick on the halfway line. And I don't know what, I have no idea what happened. It was a small sense of confusion. The, the, the two defenders, like, like everyone's gone up. And they, they tried to play it short. I have no idea that. Well, I have no idea what they do. They played it short and then they lost the ball. And by the goal. I mean, London City Alliances didn't capitalise and, and score. But what I was like, why and how were the things that spring to mind or sprang to my mind at the time? I was like, what the hell are you doing? Um, so yeah, it was first forty-five minutes. No, not a very good game. I wouldn't say so. There's moments. There's nothing to write home about. Nothing that you would say. Either team was able to kind of dictate. I will say, however, very impressed with uh, Amy Rogers in the midfield. Very impressed with. Um, Sinead Hopcroft, um, under, I said not underrated, but not there's not enough noise made about those two players in terms of what they do. So acknowledgement to their hard work and their endeavour and their composure on the ball in, in the middle of the park. Really, really good, really good players. So salutes. Um, and again, I've got to mention the referee. Sometimes referees get a bad... They get a bad rep. They get a bad little bit of news. I said that, that uh, previously that the referee, this was a derby, right? And the referee would ignore in certain challenges. And I, I've got to say, some of them I thought were bookable, right? In my opinion, 
And I don't know whether or not this referee had been given the brief of an ice hockey game where challenges are kind of a little bit, you know what I mean? A bit risque. Um, but that was, you know, which could, which could explain why there were two yellows and a red in this game because the referee had a little bit of like, well, I'm letting things flow. And sometimes things like flowed a little bit too far, you know. Uh, let's say, say that, and we'll get to that in a minute. Now, um, in terms of attacking players, one moment where and not, Hayley Nolan was f- much more advanced in this game, position, in this one attack, the ball was played over um, to her uh, on the, in terms of the goalkeeper, the goalkeeper's right, so that side, she's coming over, and the ball's bounced, and, and it's technically, you've got to swing and hit it with your left. You, I mean, from, you know, watching it, you think, you've got to hit that with your left. She decides not to hit it with the left, which is the natural option. Why not? Why not? Nolan, why not? Why not? Um, and the chance is gone. So, you know, that was kind of one of the moments where you think you've got to seize those moments when they arrive because it's not going to be perfect in terms of you being able to be balanced and always on your favoured strongest foot. Sometimes you've got to hit it with your weakest foot and see what happens. You've got to, like, you know toss the coin and think, well, it might go my way. And there wasn't that in terms of in terms of um, seizing the moment and seizing the chances that were arrived. So it was at that in terms of stalemates. And again, a moment, moments in a game where there were like London senior like Linus's could have scored, bodies on the line moment for Charlton, following a, um, another Hopcroft corner, actually. Um, really good routine, movement from London City Linus's players, no score. So at half-time, nil point. Nothing, nothing. Bits of action, nothing, you know. Um, yeah, you know, lots of that. So in terms of the second half, this is where things start to change. Oh, gosh, it's really, I mean, godishly. Around about 55th minute, right, um, Ayisi gets the ball out wide, comes across back inside, squares it across. It somehow makes its way to Addison, who then pulls it back, and a shot just goes over the bar, saved. And then there's no, in fact, she doesn't go over the bar. The shot is the shot is saved. Yane saves the shot and she pushes it onto the onrushing Johnson, who somehow bodies it past the part. I mean, it was so it's like from the angle I was sat, I was thinking, there's no way that's not going in, and it, it doesn't go in, it goes past. Uh, a great save, stroke, bit of misfortune. Um, Charlton did get something out of it, they did get a corner, but they didn't get the goal, right? So after that, shortly after that, substitutions, the game has changed. Ewan has gone off. Girasoli has gone off now. So that's a bit of a gamble, I'm thinking. Um, Napier is on. Muya is on. Um, the game's starting to stretch, become slightly more um, open in terms of attack from both teams. Uh, Primus has now gone back into the middle of the park. And there is... <sighs> there is, I don't know what I can say, like a wild challenge from behind by Ayisi on Primus, and there is a small flare-up. I mean, it's not... It's not the flare-up that happened between um, Everton and Spurs when, you know, Harry Kane. It's not that kind of flare-up. I mean, it was a flare-up, but not not in that way. No one goes rolling over. And um, before you know it, the referee's given Ayisi two yellow cards and a red card in the same... I mean, I have no idea what happened. I don't think anyone actually knows what's happened. Um, post-match, no one makes comment about it. The Charlton manager doesn't say anything about it. Specifically, doesn't call out the referee in any way, shape or form. But to watch it happen in real time, 
you'd be like, what the hell is going on there? Absolute madness from Ayisi in terms of the challenge. The, those tackles have been outlawed. You can't do it from behind, especially when you do scissor tackles. It just can't happen. Coming in from the side, maybe, but from behind, it's a no-no. Simple as that. Just for that, it could have been a red. But to see two yellows in a red, I have never seen that before. It's like Christmas. Yeah, it's bonkers. Anyway, right, so that changes the game. 13 minutes later or so, Primus breaks the deadlock, and literally towards the end, it's a great strike, you know, from a corner. Charlton have regrouped by this point, right? They up their speed, they up their intensity, they up their approach. They could have easily equalised. Their opportunities created an absolutely thunderous free kick from Skills. I mean, like, oh my God. Yanez, I don't care. She did move, but not really move. Um, she, was a, she was a bystander. If that had gone in, it would have been an absolutely fantastic goal. Um, so there were moments. And with 10 men, they showed more fight, more endeavour, more application, more urgency even, than they did the previous section of the game. Right? That's what I, I noted, in my opinion. Um, so to play with 10 players for 30 minutes, approximately, and only lose by one goal, is an absolute absolute measure of Charlton's ability of not to lose the game. They tried, and they tried to get a point at the very least, right? And it was, and this was the point that I kind of put to Hayley Nolan after the game, you know, and she recognised, and you hear it in the post-match, she recognised that this could have, probably not necessarily, could have not ended the way that London City Alliance has wanted. They may not have got the, the win. See, a one goal makes it really edgy even though you're playing against 10 men, because it only takes one moment and that changes. The free kick was that moment. It could have gone in. A few centimetres lower, it's 1-1. Um, but it didn't happen. You know, so from Chance's point of view in terms of the game, I know this has been quite long in terms of me feeding back about this game, but it's, it's, in terms of not much happening, it was there was bits that were happening. What I will say is that Charlton, on another day, probably would have taken three points in terms of the, if they've changed the way they were slightly more forward-thinking in the first 45, been more open, might have conceded some. Maybe they had the same thing in mind, that they didn't want to concede. But it was a very close game towards the end, even with 10, 10 players. Uh, London City Alliances will know the door is open again. It's firmly open, it's ajar, light's coming through. Um, but they would, have, they would have benefited more in terms of their mood, uh, belief, more goals. Because one goal with 30 minutes to go against 10 players doesn't really say that you've dominated the game considering the actual advantage that you've had. Um, but that's that for them. We're going to go over the rest of the championship in a little moment just after this. Has anyone seen Nana Palmer? Go big. Um, has anyone seen Nana Palmer? Right, okay, away from that game now, uh, in terms of the highlights and the other results in the championship, Sunderland v uh, Crystal Palace. Uh, some brave goalkeeping from Kitchen in this game, really, really good goalkeeping, uh, but she still couldn't keep out a Jupe to make it for Sunderland, so they score. Uh, and a, a great first-time striker on the run, I've got to say from Blanchard to equalise. Sometimes those go straight to the keeper, but this was really good. 
And, you know, I've watched Crystal Palace quite a few times. It's great to see Lizzie Wardy, you know, coming in at the back post to bundle the ball and a couple of players over the line. What more do you want to see? Go on, Lizzie. Uh, Lizzie, I've got a request. Can you score from outside of the area next time? Top bins, please. Thank you. Uh, away from Crystal Palace and their win, Lewis versus Coventry. Oh, so sad. Sad. Uh, this game ended in a draw, right? But the impact of the result has ended with Coventry being relegated. Just not enough games, not enough points for them to, to, to get to where they need to be. It is a real shame, right? It is a real shame that Coventry... It's a real shame for anyone to be relegated from this league because I think that this league could be a closed league and they could in, increase the size, but that's another conversation for another day. Um, I will say this in terms of... Um, the management team that they've got there and the players and the players that are currently there and the past players, they have been a credit to the Barclays Women's Championship. They have applied themselves in spite of the difficulties that they faced in terms of the financial difficulties, in terms of the promises that were um, offered to them, that they, the, the demands that they didn't have, but they were offered to them uh, in terms of the way that the club has been run uh, and is being run now. Um, they have tried their level best and, you know, they have shown that they are committed. Those that have stayed have shown that they are committed and those that were there at the time showed that they were committed because they wanted the level best for the club. It hasn't worked. Um, they are relegated. There's life beyond the, the Women's Championship. I will say to the players and Lee Birch, I'm going to reach out to you, Lee. I will do. Um, I'm going to say, don't be long gone. Don't be gone long, Coventry. Um, a little line from Terminator 2, I think. Terminator 2. It's Aliens 2. Got my films mixed up there. Terminator 2. Wrong film. Um, but in terms of what next for them and the manager, um, you know, I think we need to have a, another kind of in-depth conversation about that, a forensic look as to what what they do next. I, I hope they keep the bulk of their players if they want to stay. Um, and I will say they've shown like great team spirit, really. You know, they've shown great team spirit and, and no doubt that will help them further down the road. Uh, yeah, and I'll be in touch. I'll be in touch. Uh, away from there, sadly, uh, uh, Blackburn and Durham. Um, so this is it. Lambert drew first blood. Then Jordan replied with a, a shot from the spot. Then Fenton said, hey, do you want another? And Jordan said, hell yeah. Why not? So Jordan had two. And then Briggs said, no, we're equal. And that's how it ended. There you go. Uh, over to Southampton and Birmingham. Or was it Birmingham versus Southampton? Anyway, it doesn't matter. Um, penalties, goal scored, um, et cetera, et cetera. Birmingham win. Yay. Fantastic. Whoa. There you go. It's one of those. What can I say? One of those. I, I do like the way Southampton play. Absolutely fantastic. Don't you? I, lo I love the way they play. I love the way they play. Uh, uh, after this little short break, we're going to go and find out what happened with the WSL results and see, uh, yeah, see what they're saying. Go big on the scores, WSL results. 
Um, okay, so like I said at the start of the weekend or the end of Saturday afternoon and then and end of the weekend, uh, the scores are Brighton were at home and they didn't score. Manchester United scored four. Again, question, why do defenders allow their goalkeeper to be challenged unopposed? Don't get it. Um, so a big win for Manchester United, not a big win for Brighton. This means a lot. Um, Everton at home, uh, they win by two goals to one. Wow. I don't know what's going on with Spurs. Um, Everton won two goals one against Spurs. Sorry, I, I didn't even finish the result before I started going on with what's going on with Spurs. But yeah, you know, it's a trying time. What can I say? It's a trying time. Um, West Ham nil, Liverpool nil. Um, Chelsea three, Aston Villa nil. Okay, fair enough. Arsenal two. Manchester City too. There was some hargy-bargy with someone with a ball imitating to throw it at someone. They get booked. Didn't do it. Someone tried to block the throw. Is it allowed? Gamesmanship. All of that stuff. Oh, gosh. Life in the WSL seems so dramatic. I have no idea what's going on. But it is interesting for those teams at the top because it means that the team that is at the top is looking behind going, huh, nothing to do with us. Biggest result. No, not the Manchester winning by four goals. It's not that one. No, not Everton beating Spurs. No, it's not that one. It's Leicester, Reading. Leicester two, Reading one. And I mean, boy, oh boy, you can win at a particular time, right? You can win at a particular time to get yourself out of a jam, to give yourself hope, to say that the door is closed and then it's open and there's light coming through. But what a win. And what a time to get a win. So that win and Brighton's loss means some jiggery pokery is taking place in terms of the league position at the bottom of the Barclays Super League. It's so close down there. It's proper squeaky bum time. Some teams have sacked their manager because it's so close down there. And who knows what could happen? There's still time for things to change. Now, Brighton lost. They've played 15 games and they've got nine points. 15 games and they've got nine points. Leicester, with that win, has leapfrogged them. They're now in 11th position, but they've played two games more. Two games more. Now, going forward, anything can happen. But here's the rub. Reading, I've got 11 points. So you've got Brighton on nine points. You've got Leicester on 10 points. You've got Reading on 11 points. And then you've got Spurs on 12 points. They're all in the mix. I mean, my gosh. It's like watching someone or a group of people standing in quick stand and one part is moving quicker than the other and they're all hoping that they, someone comes along and rescues the others in time before they get pulled in. It is absolutely, I would say exciting, but it, you know, I feel for those. Anyone that's coming down to the championship, come on down, come on. Some good teams down in the championship. Life still goes on, don't worry. You some good football down there. You'll enjoy yourself. You won't get beat 8-9-0 every week, but you'll enjoy yourself. You'll, you know, don't worry. Uh, in terms of at the top, now, Manchester United is still top with 41 points, played 17 games. Chelsea played 16 games, got 40 points. So there's still movement. Arsenal played 16 games, 38 points, third place. Manchester City, who probably didn't want to lose this game, are staying on where they are, 38 points. Now, if they'd have won that game, they would have gone top, probably. Or maybe not top. No, they, no, they wouldn't. It might have been goal difference. 
score difference. Yeah, they probably would have been second, but it would have made it interesting. It's going to be interesting going forward. Manchester United are, are in the driving seat, right, in terms of this league right now. They are in the driving seat. Everyone else is playing catch-up, and you, you can have games in hand all you like. If you haven't got the points on the board, it doesn't count. So from Manchester United point of view, they're in a very good position. They're in a very, I would say comfortable, but they, they, you know, if they don't win the league, you know, they, I know they'll be upset. But by all accounts, they will have European football. And I know some of the fans there who will be over the moon to be travelling to Europe, you know, rubbing shoulders with the elite in terms of Champions League, because that's what we're talking about from dot day one, right? So that's the that's the that's the gig. But if they do win, it will be, one, an amazing thing for Manchester United in terms of their their history, their history in terms of the women's, not the club. Let's just be very clear. I'm not going down that route about the men's team and trying to equate the same thing for that. It's a very different journey, a very different history. But in terms of what could happen if they do get silverware, with the manager who hasn't always been a flavour of the month, let's say, for some of the fans, it's going to be very interesting to have someone you're not quite happy about win you something. But, you know, we'll see. There's lots to happen going forward for them in terms of the league. What can happen, everyone's going to be watching in terms of win, with, with interest, definitely, and intrigue. I am sure you will hear more than your fair share from some of the commentators as to how pro-Manchester United they are because it's just what happens. You know, people use Manchester United like chewing gum in their mouth. They want to make it taste fresh all the time. So they keep using the word Manchester United. And, mm, mm, yeah, I'm minty. You know, so that'll keep happening. But we'll see what happens and, and see where the chips fall at the end of the season. And that is how it is for, for the WSL. Whoops, sorry. Barclays Women's Super League. Must get the full title in. So for those at the top, it's all looking gravy. For those at the bottom, Tottenham, Reading, Leicester, Brighton. Woo-hoo. Get your big boy pants on. It's looking a bit messy down there. Um, it is looking a bit messy down there. Anyway, uh, before we wrap up, I've just got to do this. Right, okay. In terms of Premier League news, right, let's say this. Harry Potter, no, sorry, Graham Potter, gone from Chelsea. Harry Potter couldn't save, save Graham. Toast. Um Rogers, Leicester, gone. Both gone on the same day. People are leaving left, right, and centre. There's, there's, there's mayhem in terms of what can happen in terms of the Premier League. Managers, the pressure to be a, man, a manager in the Premier League is absolutely phenomenal. You've got Chelsea in terms of the men's team. You've got a whole host of players. It's like a rich man's play thing. It's like a monopoly with real pieces. You know, I'm going to buy Bond Street. I'm going to buy Marble Arch. I'm going to buy um, Kings Road. And you've got all of these top players and you, and you literally can't get a tune out of them for love nor money. Whoever goes into that job as Chelsea manager, head coach, whatever, really needs to have um, thick skin and live in a hotel because you just don't know you're going to stay there. Now, I, I shouldn't really say that, but that's what it is. In terms of Leicester, uh, I think Rodgers lost the dressing room sometime. And if they get relegated, you know, there's going to be a fire sale there because all of their top players will go. Will Madison go? Who knows? Harvey Barnes, etc. Um, Tielemans, really good players, you know. Uh, the uh, teams down to eighth will probably cherry pick those players. Who knows where they'll, they'll go and things like that. It'll be interesting. In terms of the Premier League, Manchester United losing to Newcastle. Wow, who knew that was going to happen? Yeah, not surprised there. Um, you've got to do great things. When talk, people talk about 
oh, who's the best manager in the league? Everyone says Pep. Great. I mean, I still think Klopp's one of the greatest managers in the Premier League because he's had to deal with bangers and mash in his team and he's used those bangers and mash players to challenge Manchester City. If you don't know what I mean by bangers and mash, there's bangers and mash and pot noodle. Find out who they are and you know. Um, but yeah, what can I say? Eddie Howe, Ooh, what a manager. Went to, to, to Newcastle. Everyone said, no good. Not going to do really well. Look at him now. But Spurs fans are looking, oh my gosh, why didn't we get Eddie Howe? <laughs> such sad, such sad news. And in terms of players who wish they hadn't gone to a club, what's Calvin Phillips doing at Manchester City? I mean, gosh, he's got to be a really expensive sub. I haven't seen anyone sit that much time on the bench since Winston Bogart went to Chelsea and just kept going shopping on King's Road. God, who knew? But he's not the only one. There's a couple of players in the women's game who are sitting on the bench and not getting their game time. Do you know who they are? Anyway, uh, that's it in terms of uh, Premier League roundup. That was quick and fast. This is On and Off the Pitch. I'm Rodney Cyrus. And until next time, laters. Welcome to On and Off the Pitch. I'm off for me tea.